to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's a physician with the Vera Medical Group Brookings. He's also a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. And he is also in affiliation with South Dakota State University, where he's conducting his medical research called For Me. For Me. Good to have you here, Dr. Holmes. It's good Couldn't to be do a show here. without you. And added to that, we have a guest today, and our guest is Jamie Halverson, who is just finishing or has finished a doctorate in OT. OT, occupational yep. therapy. Welcome to the program, Jamie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yep, it's a it's a joy. So tell us a little bit about now. Are you you're working on your doctorate, or are you finished your doctorate? Yes, I'm. I'm working on my doctorate. I started last fall um, with hopes to finish this December. Um, I'm hoping to implement my program, um, a community-based program called Safe at Home in the Brookings community. Um, within the next two or three weeks, I'd like to start um, getting participants and kind of get the get the program going well you know uh, you spoke to me yesterday and i said gee we should have you on the show today yeah <laughs> was it that is that how it went <laughs> yeah and um and but it sounds so good i thought well gee let's hear about it and i didn't have time at that time at right. that moment to hear about it mm-hmm. so uh, but you're from where I'm originally from Presho, South Dakota. You're Presho. Yeah, West River. Um, Yeah, my husband and I are both from West River. He's from Kennebec. Um, Grew up there. Went to school at the University of South Dakota. Uh, yes. So I have a hard time kind of fitting in here in Brookings. Well, but so <laughs> so has many have many of us right, have been yep. USD people that really have become jackrabbits. We kind of yep. allow you in here. You yeah, know. we're all we're, right. we're not we are proud or thrilled to have you here, but we put yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so a, a pressure girl, uh, and you did OT training in in Vermilion. Yep, yes. And I now you're here for how long you've been up here? Uh, my husband and I have been up here for about a year and a half. I was working at another company in another town close by, um, and I recently started actually at the hospital a couple weeks ago, and so kind of trying to get my feet wet and get to know everybody and um, yeah, it's been a great experience so far. And then your doctorate is through USD or yes, through SSU? Yep. Yeah, so I got my master's in, uh, I graduated in December of 2014, and the doctorate program started last fall, and it's a post-professional doctorate, and so I'm completing it all online. Um, there's about, f- I think, five or seven peers that are taking it, uh, the program with me. And so five of us are hoping to graduate um, in December, and the other two uh, next next spring. So, uh, so d- explain first uh, before we take that first break, what occupational therapy is, and compare it, please, to physical therapy. Yeah, occupational therapy. So everything that we want and need to be able to do on a daily basis, uh, they're called occupations. So whether that be very simple things like, you know, dressing, bathing, showering, all the way up to tasks such as caregiving, um, making meals, um, driving, um, laundry, any of those things that you need to be able to do every day that are important to you. That's what we call occupation, and that's, that's really what my focus is on, is making sure that you're able to do those things that you want and need to be able to do. Not necessarily occupation like medical doctor right, or radio right. uh, hero right. or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a common misconception. You know, occupation, people obviously think of work. That's the first thing that they think of. But really, anything that we do in our day that fills up our time is considered occupation, and that's, that's really what I try to 
try to help people do. It well, occupies it, your time. It yes, throws exactly. me right into what activities of daily living are yes. compared to occupation. Are they different or would you define them differently? I, I would say activities of daily living are occupations. You know, activities of daily living in occupational therapy scope of practice are, like I mentioned, dressing, bathing, grooming, using the bathroom. Brushing um, your teeth. Yep, brushing your teeth. Yep, any of those things that you are integrated into your normal daily routine that you, you need to be able to okay. do to function. All yep. right. Okay. Well, it's interesting. I know uh, I have a sister who's a physical therapist, and she mm -hmm. went through school in the late 60s. And at that time, it was pretty hard to convince people you weren't just a well-paid masseuse. It, re it really was yep. a respected field. And, you know, over the past 40 years or 60 years, it's been highly respected. And I think occupational therapy may have gone through the same thing. What do they do? Teach me how to get in a car? Who cares? You know, and it <laughs> right. was not respected. But I think in the past 30 years or so, have you found that the respect is there for your for your field of study? Oh, definitely. Especially for the, you know, older adult population who, you know, I can touch on this later, but they want to be able to live in their homes and they want to be able to function independently and stay at home for as long as they can. So, so they really respect your work. Right. Well, yeah. we, they That's need, great. they need, you know, we all need your help. Absolutely. And, and that, and that being able to stay at home is a crucial issue about very, yep. quality mm -hmm. of life. So well, yep. let's discuss this more after this break. We'll be back right after this. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Dr. Rick Holm is here, ready to answer any questions you might have of a medical nature. If you have questions about occupational therapy, we have a professional in the studio with us. Jamie Halverson is a professional occupational therapist, and she's also just working on a completing her doctorate in occupational therapy. And in doing this, she has a study that she is conducting. Is this correct? Well, it's it's not actually a study per se. Um, I would like to propose a program. Um, it's a community-based educational program, and the title of it is called Safe at Home, um, and it's designed to prevent falls and enhance home safety for the older adult population. Um, and really what, what the aims of the program are to keep older adults in their homes for as long as they're able to, provide them with the tools and the knowledge and the resources to help them engage in those occupations that they really care about um, and that are important to being able to stay in their homes for as long as they can. One of the things that I see occupational therapy consults in the hospital evolve to is, uh, okay, we are getting ready now after your hip fracture and your mm -hmm. physical therapy and your recovery to go home. But yes. is it safe to go home? That's exactly right. And so we have consulted, and through the years, I've, uh, it's evolved, and my knowledge has evolved, and uh, I think OT has evolved to be the yeah. group that says, okay, we'll do a home safety eval. eval. Home safety eval. <laughs> and so we, s we make that consultation and the day before they go home, a home safety eval is done and the patient yes. is prepared to go home and they go through a walkthrough. Well, explain yep. to what, what a home safety eval is. So once we get that referral from the doctor, we you know talk with the patient about, okay, 
this is what we're going to do. We're just going to take you throughout your home and kind of see how the setup is, if there's anything, you know, any modifications that need to be made. You know, for instance, fall hazards are a big thing because we obviously don't want anyone to fall when they go home. Um, so Cords on the yes, floor, yep. slippery rugs, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. no handrails where they need to be. Right, exactly. Making sure their their environment is optimal optimal for them, you know, making sure that's set up in the, you know, appropriate way, uh, making sure that they can reach things, you know, like you mentioned, fall trip hazards, like the, the rugs and the cords and, you know, making sure that they're, they can get up and down their steps or, you know, and maybe if, if there's some things that we need to work on before they go home, we have that time to do that in the hospital or, you know, if the patient is in swing bed, we have time to kind of work on those things and help them prepare a little bit better. Yeah. So now your your program that you're devising yep. is um, is is uh, what? Let's hear a little bit more about that. So my program um, is is going to be. I'm hoping to have it to to be like a six to eight week program where we talk about different topics every week um, regarding aging in place. So. So really aging in place yep. in your home. In your home, yes, in your home. So to start out with, I'd like to start out with um, introducing kind of what occupation is and kind of the basis of what occupational therapy is, kind of like what we've been talking about today. Um, I'm also going to have each week um, different topics, and so some of the topics I'd like to talk about in my program are, you know, the importance of nutrition and exercise, um, adaptive equipment and home modifications, you know, to help you be able to perform those important occupations. Uh, balance exercise and strengthening, stress reduction, and helping to reduce the fear of falling if an older adult has that. Also, energy conservation and, and medication management. Those are all things that fall into occupational therapy scope of practice to help the older adult stay in their home as long as they can. The one, the w- one before medication management was what? Energy conservation. So explain that. Yeah, energy conservation. So, you know, some individuals have you know, kind of low energy, low endurance. Um, So energy conservation is really, you know, saving up your energy for those things that are important for you to do. So, you know, segmenting segmenting tasks into little small manageable um, pieces, you know, that you can do throughout your day instead of doing a whole task at one time and then, you know, wearing yourself out. So that's kind of what energy conservation is all about. Can you give an example of that? So say, for instance, you have a patient with um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, so COPD. That's a pretty common, you know, diagnosis among Unfortunately, our too common people have severe lung disease, and it's related to smoking, and they're, right. they're, they're, they're in unable to do a lot very long. Right, right. Run out of breath quickly. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you, you have your laundry that you need to be able to do. So, you know, separating the the steps of being able to do laundry into, you know, manageable tasks. So, you know, first of all, you could take the laundry to the, to the washer and dryer and set it down. And then, you know, we might need to take a rest break. And then the next step might be to, you know, put the laundry into the washer dryer, and then you need to take another rest break. Um, And just kind of going through those, you know, steps of a task rather than doing the whole task at one time. You know, it's laundry day. I'm going to do the laundry no matter what. It's killing me, but I'm going (laughs) to get it done. And that is not the way to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Manageable tasks, manageable little steps to help you get the job done. So that's energy conservation. 
Wow. Now, in this program, are you hoping to get people to enroll in the program? What, what, what is yes, your plan? Yep, yep. I'm hoping to have, um, I- this is going to be kind of a discussion group and kind of a focus group. And like I, like I said, it's not research per se. It is more a community-based educational program. So I'm hoping to get, you know, five to ten, you know, I don't know how many people would be interested in something like this, um, but to kind of get them in this group weekly, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, an, between an hour and two hours one time a week for six to eight weeks to kind of discuss the topics that I've, that I've been, we've been talking about today um, and really give them the tools to be able to, to live at home um, safely and independently, because that's really what, you know, aging in place is all about. Um, being able to have an individual, you know, be safe and confident in their abilities to, you know, to be at home as for as long as they can. So what would the program like this cost them? Well, right now, since this is a pilot program, this is the very first, um, you know, implementation of this program, my intentions are for it to be free of cost for the six to eight weeks, you know, uh, each hour. Um, and then I would also like to incorporate if if that participant is is able and willing um, to have them have me in their homes to kind of see you know how their environment is set up and if there's anything that we need to change to make it easier for them to be able to live in their home um, and we're kind of in the works with that with within the hospital um, trying to come up with just a small fee for that um, but for the program the educational program I will be providing that f- you know free of cost. And how are you hoping to find the people to be in this program? Well, I, you know, (laughs) getting the word out today with this radio show is great. Um, You know, there's also people in our own therapy department, you know, that might benefit from this program. Also, I'd like to see if I could partner maybe with the um, senior center downtown um, and kind of, you know, kind of see. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So if they were interested, they could just call the hospital and leave a message for Jamie Hall. Yes, yes, yes. Our phone number is 605 696 8821. So that's your OT 8821. Yep, but if you the just therapy. went hospital and said, I want to go to OT, they'll yep, send it. They, they would direct your call. Yep. So, so I, here's what I think uh, very healthy people out there right now who plan to live forever in their house. This would be an appropriate thing to do well before the time that you need it. Yes. So many, many people who are listening, ah, I'm fine, should realize that this might be an opportunity to stay fine. That is exactly right. So, um, you know, it wouldn't hurt anybody to just go do this. And, uh, uh, gee, you know, the price may be a whole lot more later. Let's uh, save the money, do this program that's almost for free uh and and dive into it i i would i would strongly recommend this for anybody great idea we're going to take a second break we'll be back right after these words Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. We're learning quite a bit about occupational therapy because our guest today is Jamie Halverson, who is an occupational therapist. She's employed at the Brookings Hospital. That's not the right word. Brookings, no, Brookings Health, Health System. system. Yep. Brookings, but actually the hospital. But the Brookings Health System. And she is setting up a new program called Safe at Home and hoping to have people interested in that. I think they would be. When you were talking about going through a home and making changes, 
I have, because I've, I really watched my mother over the years, mm-hmm. she was 30 years older than me, and I'd see her run into problems. About 15 years ago, we gutted the two bathrooms in our house. Mm. We didn't want to move, and we knew they both. And my kids laughed so hard because I put in two Gar- uh, what do you call them? Guardrails in the yep. bathtub. Grab rails. Grab yep. rails. Mm-hmm. What do you need those for? I said, I don't need them now, but I'm not yeah, getting any younger. That's very <laughs> <wise>. <laughs> And I put those in. And last year, I was down in Florida, visited my sister, and I said, well, where are the dishes? I'll set the table down there. And they were in a lower drawer. I said, nobody keeps their dishes down low. Why not? We just redid our kitchen. I now have drawers that are below because you you have no idea when you get older to reach mm-hmm. up above and put those dishes away. It's painful. It just is. You do get older. There's no two ways about it. If the bottom drawers in your kitchen are available and you shift the dishes, the things you use every day, right. yep. come out of the dishwasher or wash them yourself, go right in that lower drawer, what a difference that makes. Right. And I'll bet those are just a couple of the examples that you can give people when you visit their right. home. Right, exactly, yeah. Going off of that, I think they also make, you know, um, cabinets that have the com- the fold-down shelves that they can actually, they're on springs and they can come down to your countertop height. My friend Mari Larson, ha- well, my friend Mari Larson has been in a wheelchair her entire life. She has uh, spinal bifida. Mm-hmm. So when she moved into her home, she put all those cabinets in. So even though she's in a wheelchair, she can reach everything in her kitchen. Because right. the cabinets, cabinets, they come down. They're yeah. just phenomenal. There's nothing in the kitchen she cannot reach. So there are many ways of, uh, of making a home accessible without right. spending a lot of money. Like even those drawers. Anyone could take drawers that maybe they put pots and pans in down below and move your dishes there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. So what would be the biggest error that people do? Uh, I mean, my sense is, I mean, I can just see that slippery um, uh, uh, carpet in our hallway that we used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, think about the railings that we don't have in certain spots. Mm-hmm. I, I think about the clutter. Yes, and then clutter. The, the, the next thought I have is, the the hoarders that we have in the world and of course uh we all groan because uh, i'm i'm a little bit of a hoarder myself and so you know my piles of new england journals i need to throw out and i've got my (laughs) 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 i'm hoarding right now the the recycling bin right next to my new england journals and uh (laughs) so i i'm i'm working on it but i've got to do better any other comments i mean i made those uh, points. Do you agree with those? I, I definitely agree with those. You know, another big thing is lighting. You know, as we age, our eyes, you know, start to fail. Um, and so the more light that we can have in our environments, the, the more that we, we're able to see what we're doing. Um, you know, another big thing is contrast. You know, you don't, you don't think about if something is colored, you know, you might not be able to tell the difference between, oh, red or orange or something. But if you have contrast there, you know, white on black or black on white you know that helps too but really another another thing that's been proven in the literature is lighting you know making sure you have enough task lighting to be able to do what you're doing um is that that's another huge huge thing for older people um and uh, that requires a certain amount of electrician help because many people yeah. just did not put the lights in <laughs> They're not there. The adequate lighting is not a, 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 a real deal in many, right. many pe- 
people's homes. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, if, if there's major changes that need to be made, sometimes enlisting the help of a, you know, licensed contractor is a good idea. Um, you know, there's certified aging in place specialists. Um, that's a designation that some, you know, home builders have, or, I, you know, I'm even trying to think of, you know, people in the community that would be able to provide these services. And I think I'm going to try and get the, the CAP certification at some point, just because that's, like I said, aging in place is going to be so much more commonplace and to have that knowledge. Are you suggesting that the boomers are getting older? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, and that, that, that is the trend. <laughs> that is the trend. <laughs> well, yeah. and so, I mean, the, 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 the thing I immediately think of is, okay, I can put a lamp over here, a lamp over here, a lamp over here. I have more lighting, and I also have cords all over the floor to mm. on which to trip. So, I mean, I think there is part of the rub. We need to, ha you know, when people have old homes, they don't have plug-ins. Right. So they stretch cords all over the place, and then zip, bang, wham, they break a hip. They're in the nursing home. They never go back to that home. So, uh, you know, we, you have to have some help there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Knowledge of, you know, people who know what they're doing and, you know, have been through these situations before and have experience and what works and what doesn't work. So that's very important. You're, yep. Yep. And a lot of times you're fearful of spending that much money on electricity. I got an electrician in. He's going to add this wiring. It's going to cost so much. It sure is cheaper than a broken hip. That is exactly you know, it right. Just broken you hip have is a little bit more spendy. Yes, sometimes, and you, you can be surprised, too. You can bring someone in and just say, I want this done. You know, add this so I don't have strings all over the house. Just give me a cost estimate. It might surprise you. Mm -hmm. It would be lesser than you'd think. So here's another thing that you, you said. You said exercise and nutrition. Of course, that's my program right, for, yeah. for me uh, we're doing right now. One of the things that I learned yesterday, um, a particular couple uh who uh said that they were having these this this pork chop and something meal uh that they have mailed to them hmm. and they have uh and i don't remember the name of the thing to give you any of the news of it right now but i can i'll learn that over time uh because uh i know we're going to talk about it you can order uh a, a, a meal for two You'll eat it, and or you may have leftovers. So that's two. They can you can order uh, three a week, and they're like they're remarkably not that expensive. They come in not from South Dakota, not from Brookings, but they're meal mailed in, and yeah, I think I've heard of that. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, they're decent meals, and they're variety, and they're balanced, and they're nutritious, and they're not high calorie. So I mean, the point I'm making is that um, you know those of us who all we know how to do is a cheese sandwich, you know, and an egg, and and that's and we get we're all alone, and uh, we're not about to go to the to to, to this uh, the the Jerry, the um, elderly eating place. What I can't remember what it's sixty plus sixty plus, plus. Uh, to to go eat there because I just don't want to go there. They may not be eating healthy. You, right, they right. may not be eating healthy, and I think about the nutrition that we need. We need enough proper balanced protein yep. in our in and intake. Colorful, so yep. colorful so fruits and vegetables, yep. Yeah, colorful fruits and vegetables. So let's talk about nutrition just a little bit. Well, you know, as we age, our bodies tend to um, metabolize things a little bit differently. And so, you know, as we age, we also need to be able to have, like you're saying, Dr. Holm, a balanced diet. Um, you know, lean meats, colorful fruits and vegetables, 
um, and really having balanced meals a day instead of, you know, sometimes we tend to snack too, um, you know, so really having those meals a day are very important in, you know, keeping our strength up um, and being able to do those meaningful occupations that we want and need to be able to do every day. Um, another thing in my program, I'd like to incorporate maybe nutrition logs. Um, so that may way maybe people will get a better idea, uh, you know, starting to track a trend of, of um, you know, their eating habits and how to improve that. A lot of interesting things going on here. We appreciate Jamie's uh, visiting us today. We're going to take our final break, and we'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Rick Holm and I are here visiting with Jamie Halverson, an occupational therapist, and we have learned a lot today. This has been fun. I really enjoyed it. And it's it's great to see you in Brookings and and add to our community uh, health team because that's what it is. It's a teamwork deal. PT. The doctors, the nursing staff, you know, the, uh, you know, the PAs. The Once again, Jamie is just starting a program called Safe at Home, and if you're interested in it, you can give her a call at 696-8821. That will connect you with the Occupational Therapy Department at the Brookings Health System, yep. or just call the just Brookings, call Health, Brookings Health, System, Health System, and then they can connect you with I want occupational OT. therapy. Say so you heard Jamie Helverson on the radio today, and you would like to know more about this program, and oh. she will get back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Really Jamie. helpful, yeah. Jamie. Say tomorrow night, you've got Ooh. another new program. Yes, you're really in the role we're now. on the roll right. uh, we have tony herricks who is a uh, pulmonologist a, a, a lung specialist uh, and i've i've struggled with my essay uh, this week i wrote it's it's called the smoking gun and oh, of course it talks about i love about the way you name some of these <laughs> that's good the smoking um, gun and it was uh, you know the whole issue is that uh, many many people in in our town and community and state and nation have lung disease. Some have been smokers. Some are not. And uh, there are issues about uh, lungs that are very important. You know, and in the end of our lives, at that final, that final uh, quarter of the life, right, the last, um, the 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 uh, fourth season. uh, You know, we have less lung buffer, and so we are at risk of problems with the lung. And if you look at the things that can come down and and get us in the end it is that we don't have as much lung available we're more at risk for infections and bad infections can indeed occur in the lung that's probably our most susceptible achilles heel as they would say in the body uh, because everything has to pa- the air has to pass there to exchange it's a real contact with the environment that's the lung the skin and the lungs are the big so we'll learn a lot about that tomorrow, right? So we'll learn about it okay. tomorrow, Tony Herricks. South Dakota Public Television, 7 o'clock Thursday night. One other thing, Dr. Holm, what about this extra strength flu vaccine? We've heard about it. Why wouldn't you just get the normal flu vaccine? And should we be thinking about getting that flu vaccine now? And the answer is yes. I have, I, uh, you asked me maybe a couple, three, four weeks. I said, you know, wait until you start seeing it occurring. No, the word is let's get getting get the flu vaccine now. The answer on the extra strength, it's four times stronger. So there's a, there's a significant higher risk of it uh, causing a reaction of any kind. It's a significant higher risk of it giving you a significant immune system reaction to it. If you're elderly in particular, it may be that it will help you. It's, the studies early say 20% less pneumonia in the group getting the extra strength versus the regular strength. And uh, they're saying 65 or 70 or 75 and older get the extra strength. 
The answer is it's not perfectly proven yet, and I haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet, but that's the thinking, so stay tuned. Okay, thanks so much. We do hope you've all enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks so much, Jamie, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Dr. Holm. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Jamie. Bye. Hey, help you.